0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 16 in our bi-weekly series of Saving Christianity podcast. We're coming to you every other Tuesday from Christian Family Online, and I'm your host, John Shields. You may remember in the previous episode, episode 15, we talked about the growing Christian and about how the mark and the sign of Christians in the first century was that they were growing spiritually by being spirit-filled. We said that the problem today is that spirit-filling isn't taught by many Christian denominations in our century the way it was in the first century. And as a result, polls show that today's average Christian is no more spiritual than a non-Christian. And every time I read or say that, um, it's shocking to me. Now, before continuing, let's repeat. The reason Gallup polls show that the average Christian is is no more spiritual than a non-Christian is because today's average Christian is an infant. And infant Christians are called infants because they're not spirit-filled. So, here we are in episode 16, and the title of this episode is The Spirit-Filling Crisis. The Spirit-Filling Crisis. In this episode, our co-host Owen Allen and I, we're going to discuss the whole issue of Christians not being spirit-filled. What problems is that causing Christians? What problems is that causing the denominations? What problems is it causing society? And that glaring question that's on all our minds, how can more Christians be spirit-filled? So, Let's get right into it by bringing in our co-host, Owen Allen. Welcome to Episode 16, Owen.
1: Yo, John, hello, and to all of our friends out there in their kitchens, cars, gyms, wherever they are at the moment. You know, uh, John, we've been using this word crisis in several of our episodes, and we talk about that Christianity is in a crisis and yada, yada. So maybe uh, we ought to obey our own rules and slow down long enough to define the
0: word crisis. Yeah, I totally agree, Owen. And as we've said so often in these episodes, One of the biggest weaknesses in today's Christianity is that most Christians don't know the meanings of many of the key Christian words.
1: That's right. That's right, John. So according to the dictionary, a crisis uh, is uh, a critical point or a decision point or a turning point in any particular situation. And that's exactly what Christians face today. Uh, As some of our uh, friends out in podcast land listen to this episode this very minute, they're at a crisis point, a decision point, a turning point in spiritual growth. And I guess the crisis, if I could uh, look at it Uh, In sort of a strange way, they're Mm -hmm. asking themselves, uh, uh, How long am I going to continue living as an infant Christian?
0: Yeah, or to say that in reverse, when are they going to start growing spiritually by praying constantly Mm. to be spirit filled so that they can experience a little bit of heaven while still here on earth?
1: That's right. That's right. A little bit of heaven here on earth. And you know, uh, I think that's probably the biggest crisis in many uh, Christians' lives at the moment. I won't say every Christian, mm-hmm. but probably, as I use the term, to be deathbed honest, many Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the strange thing is that I've uh, found, John, and it was true of me personally, uh, many Christians today don't even know they have a crisis. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that, yeah. uh, but I have. And as I said, it. Was was, uh, true in my own life uh, have you ever well, why do you think that is
0: oh <laughs> and well, you know we've talked about you don't know what you don't know <laughs> and uh i really think you know a big piece of this puzzle is is that people really don't even know there's something beyond <laughs> uh something that's expected uh that's supposed to uh, be just this uh, supernatural next step, if you will, uh, that we are supposed to spiritual grow, mm-hmm. and that they they don't, you know, just quote being saved yeah. has just been put out there for mm-hmm. so long that uh, a lot of people. I'm like you. I won't say necessarily most. I don't know what percentage um, are are just. Think that that, that that that's the sum and substance of what it means to be a Christian—that uh, I'm I'm saved—quote, which translates when I die I'm going to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, you know your birth date and your death date is on your uh, tombstone, mm-hmm. and n- nobody wants to talk about the little dash in the middle and what that is supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. And we're making the case on this podcast that the dash in between that is supposed to be uh, spiritual growth. It, it's supposed to be an, uh, spiritual growth, being and becoming, living, experiencing uh, Christianity,
1: Yeah, it's what we – I guess it's what we're taught that it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I've told the story many times uh, about the fact that I became a Christian when I was 11. Uh, My whole family was very active. Later, my brother and I both became pastors. But uh, I had never heard the term spiritual growth or the term spirit filling until I was in my 30s. Yet I was very active my whole life in two uh, major denominations. Uh, One, my parents were in, and then when I was a teenager, we changed to a second one, Uh, but we were always active. And I guess you think, John, that um, as long as you go uh, two, three, four times uh, a month and -hmm. attend the formal services, that's all there is. Yeah, And yet... And yet, the surveys show, and we've mentioned this in in, in previous uh, episodes, that, that today the average Christian service, according to the pollster's people who are interviewed uh that type of thing research formally done uh, most people will say that the services they go to are irrelevant uh and boring mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, hypocritical All Right. uh one survey i remember reading some years ago uh, uh people have to people who attended left more depressed than they were when they went mm. and yet and yet we we dress up and go and sit there and we think that's christianity yeah i mean that's yeah. scary
0: yeah and i and i've you've heard me say it before Owen. A, a lot of people again associate christianity with a place and a time <laughs> uh, you know and a day it's it's sunday it's at 11 and it's at first and third or whatever, you know, street. And that's it. It's a place and a time. And it it's really nothing more than that. And I just like you, I was raised and and uh what I knew to do was read my Bible, mm-hmm. pray, and make sure I attended services.
1: And
0: tithe. Yeah, tithe. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing about spiritual growth, mm-hmm. uh not to mention that it was necessary or or how that happened, or what the results of that would be, and 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 I, I want to just throw in here, Owen. I think uh, just as kind of a foundational to what we're talking about here is we always hear about um, the Great Commission, the Great Commission in yeah. Matthew twenty-eight, yeah. Jesus' final words, and we want to be Great Commission mm-hmm. Christians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But then you have to step back from that and and that has been one of the most I believe misused and abused verses of scripture in 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 the entire New Testament mm-hmm. and it's created a lot of the the uh, problems that that we are addressing here in our Saving Christianity podcast and that is it's been interpreted as go and get people saved. Or go and make people infants, infant <laughs> Christians, and just leave them. At, you know nothing about. And Jesus didn't say that. He no. said make disciples. Yeah, and teach teach, them teach everything. Yeah, to obey and mm-hmm. to um and so th- there's just been a, a a tragic misrepresentation um of this and and of course. We see the the uh, the evidence of that everywhere. Yeah,
1: the fallout. Yeah, yeah. You know, John, there's a wonderful story. I can't remember if I've told it yet in these episodes, but it's true. Uh, it was told to me by a pastor uh, some years ago. They had a a little uh, exercise or contest in the Sunday school room with the little children. I don't remember their ages, but it's very young children. And they said, draw up, they gave them paper and and pencils and stuff. And they said, draw a picture of what uh, Sunday and the service means to you. And so they did. The children did. And all the children showed their pictures. And so the pastor was supposed to pick the best picture. (laughs) And So he looked at one and he said to the child, he said, well, it, this looks like a fur coat. Did you draw a picture for fur coat? And the child said, uh-huh. And the, per, the pastor said, well, but you were supposed to draw a picture of what the, the Lord's Day services mean. And the child said, yes, I did. And the pastor said, "Well, what are you talking about that This is a fur coat. How does that relate?" And the child said, "Well, the Sunday services are something I put on on Sunday morning and take off Sunday night
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and that's really that's really for a lot of us, you know the old joke we live for the devil." Six days a week, and for God one day a week, yeah. you know, all these yeah. all these things that people say. But you know, John, I think a lot of it too is a question of um of education or the way that uh, Christians try to educate. One another these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode, but uh, I call it the classroom model. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's intellectualism. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk at people, but yet if you read any basic book on learning theory, people right. don't learn by sitting it passively and listening. Right? They learn by experiencing. They learn by doing. And uh, we made the joke the other day that. It's like if you had a flight school for pilots and then you gave them their certificate (laughs) after they'd learned to read a map and do all the different things and said, okay, now go to the airport and fly a plane. And, of course, none of them could. They would all crash right? because they haven't had any flight training. right? And I think that's what we've got in Christianity. Yeah. We went to ground school, but we haven't had any flight training.
0: Yeah, I think of it, too. You know, it says in the Bible in the Old Testament to taste and see that the yeah. Lord is good. Mm-hmm. And I kind of uh, think of that, Owen, as an illustration that if I went home this evening and and uh, my wife said to me, uh, "Hey John, come on over to the dinner table." and And we sat down, and and she um, opened the recipe book in front of me, and I'm sitting on the other side of the table, and she starts reading this recipe of a of a wonderful casserole, a <laughs> uh, one cup of this, and you do two cups of that, and you stir it for ten minutes, etc. And I'm sitting over there, just you know befundled wondering you know and this uh, is is this dinner well i'm, I'm telling we yeah yeah well I'm, I'm i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you all about it and actually here's john here's a picture it's a picture of what the finished product looks like mm. okay so uh, we do all that and after a while i get up and, uh, and 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 I'm starved to death, right? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm hungry. I heard all about the ingredients, what it looks like, what it's supposed to taste like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I they never, never got it. to see it taste and see that the Lord is good. And I really think that that is a a pretty um, um, s- adequate uh, experience of, of, of most people of 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 what they are experiencing. They they hear the recipe read and what it's supposed how we're supposed to look, et cetera, but they never experience spirit filling. They never taste and see that the Lord is good.
1: Never seen it. Don't know anybody that's done it, right? Including all the people on the platform. Yeah,
0: but it's a delicious casserole. Yeah, it's going to be know. good someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: but you know, let's think a second. Why is why is it happening that way? Because it's such a tragedy. Mm. We've said many times that in the first century, what we're we're calling the early Christian lifestyle, uh, we know that. You mentioned evangelism Mm -hmm. a minute ago. Today, we have the love them and leave them Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. Some famous person flies into town, uh, speaks uh, somewhere in the ballpark, uh, gives an altar call. uh, Two or three thousand people come forward. Uh, They give them a brochure. He boards a plane and leaves. Everybody goes home, Mm -hmm. and that's the end of it. Right. And uh, that's been studied and found to, to be uh, basically true. There's very little long-range production from these big crusades. So, but uh, but the question is, why is all of that happening? Mm-hmm. You know, why are so few people living it? And I was talking about evangelism there evangelism in the first century, people were attracted Mm -hmm. not to a famous speaker on the platform. People were attracted to the husband the wife the boy the girl next door to
0: the lifestyle
1: because of their spirit filled behavior right and people said ouch i want that love and gentleness Mm -hmm. and faithfulness that the couple next door has what is that Mm -hmm. that's how it spread as well as the gifts and the miracles right and that was part of it too so we don't have any of that today right we have a lecture why
0: a personality you know
1: <laughs> with a lecture right personality <laughs> with a lecture yeah 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 so yeah, but why yeah. where how did where did we go wrong john
0: well um I, you know oh, and we talked about this for 25 years and you've written about it extensively and uh you know it doesn't matter um what if you're just off a little percentage as the time, you know, if I start off and I am say, well, I'm just two degrees off of my flight pattern, surely that's not going to make any difference. Well, over time, (laughs) you're going to wind up somewhere you never dreamed you would wind up, and I think that's that's what happened to to Christianity.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, you know, like you said, John, we've talked about it so many times, and it's simply simply historical fact mm-hmm. no nobody disputes it Uh, The first 300 years of Christian history, they had uh, a behavioral model, if we could call it that, Mm -hmm. a lifestyle model where they were empowered and motivated by the supernatural presence within them of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in the fourth century, uh, the Emperor Roman Emperor Constantine came to power and uh, just simply reversed 180 degrees everything that Christians had been doing. Mm -hmm. uh, And within uh, 25 years that he ruled, he completely reversed uh, what had been original Christianity. He's the one that built the first buildings He's the one that passed laws that Christian had to attend them. He's the one Mm -hmm. that changed what they call the Lord's Day to the new term sun day Mm -hmm. because he was a sun worshiper. He's the one who outlawed uh, small groups in private homes. He's the one that founded priests presiding from mm. the platform,
0: hierarchy, and all
1: yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. We could go on and on and on, mm. and of course they resisted, Christians resisted that, but after all, he was the Roman emperor with, with the Roman army uh, support name, mm. uh, and that uh, Roman law support name, mm-hmm. and over 25 years he did in fact kill effectively what had been the original christian experience and that was more than two degrees yeah, say. Sure. <laughs> yeah. and uh and uh, we've never recovered and you know john we've talked about this a lot people are uh, creatures of habit mm-hmm. and think about it these habits now of a big building with a big crowd with a big platform with a big speaker uh have been in place now uh Two thousand, right at two thousand years. Mm-hmm. How are we going to turn that around?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think about uh, you know it now in this modern time. There's not a, we don't have a, a frame of reference. It's it just even in my my kids' um, history, um, and and kids that are a little bit older than them in their twenties if you know to some of the illustrations i use their eyes cross they don't even have a frame of reference if you talk about going to the library and and putting out 20 books on a table and you're using a pencil and paper (laughs) and uh, taking notes and uh they all all they know is a laptop an ipad and google and you just you just ask ask google i mean that you just Type it in, in, and instant Wikipedia, and you get your answers to to everything. And so, uh, so they they live in all they've ever known, really. And so we've got now generation after generation of Christians who are is just being literally passed on from one generation to the next. And so that's why we are so passionate about, okay, let's jump back to the original. Yeah. Let's go back yeah. to the first century. Something is clearly not working, and uh, it's not it's not on God that it's not working. It's on us. So we need to get to the root of this problem, which, again, I keep saying, we've been digging – we've been uh, in archaeological – dig for over 20 Literally. yeah for 25 <laughs> years and you longer than that um you know getting to the substance of this um to understand the root problem so we could be moving towards a solution and um so that's what this is all about
1: yeah I heard somebody say the other day mr google knows everything
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's
1: how people feel think about that's it. right yeah well, yeah that's a, a very interesting thing isn't it and what's so sad uh, to John, you know, a culture, people talk about, well, that's just their culture. Mm. A culture is a composite of all of the habits of the uh, people in that culture have. Mm-hmm. And that's why you could fly. It used to be, it's, even that's changing, but mm-hmm. you could get on a plane and fly to Germany or Switzerland or France or somewhere and get off the plane, and people looked and acted differently. Mm-hmm. They had different-looking clothes. Uh, they ate different food. They spoke a different language. They lived in different-type houses. And all of those habits, which they clung to, Uh, bitterly uh, was their quote culture Mm -hmm. and so now we've got an american culture a christian culture really worldwide it's not only america Mm -hmm. uh, that is completely different think about that a second from the original christian culture
0: right
1: and i once said and i say this in the early chapters of the book think maybe even in the introduction, I don't remember, that everything that we think of as Christian today did not exist in the first century.
0: Yeah, it's quite a statement. So you think
1: about that. I mean, this is scary. Everything you could name. Imagine you walk into your typical Christian, quote, church building. By the way, the word church didn't exist in the first century. And everything that you see, the building, the stained glass, the pews, the Bibles, the hymn books, the candles, (laughs) the offering plate, the altar, the choir, the pastor, And I could go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. The musical instruments, the praise team, anything you want to name, you name me something. Mm -hmm. It did not exist in the first century. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why would that be? Does that mean that you don't need all that stuff? Could that possibly mean Mm -hmm. that you could be a spiritual Christian without candles and pews and offering plates and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. And the answer is a screaming, wild eyed absolutely.
0: Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I you know the and 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 piggybacking on that, Owen, I think uh, uh, a huge piece of this is Jesus uh, salvation and all things Christianity. Mm. Um is about transformation. Uh. And if there is no transformation, uh, if there's no difference than, you know, a, a person who is a Christian and a person who is not, <laughs> then what's the point of, of it all? And of course we know that uh, that there is supposed to be a life changing difference. And that happens, of course, um, and maybe a lot of people don't even know that it happens. Uh, the natural person can't understand it, is something supernatural happens. And that supernatural thing is the person. Of the Holy Spirit, yeah, uh, and so people say, "Well, you became a Christian." Well, what does that mean? Is that yeah. does that mean that I said the right thing, or I actually believe the right thing, join the right denomination, right? And and just to try to get the word out here, no, 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 <laughs> that that you may do those things, but what distinguishes what literally makes us a Christian is we are indwelled. Hallelujah by the Holy Spirit. Now, he's invisible. He's a spirit. Mm-hmm. You, be, you can actually say, put it like this. Maybe this is better for some to understand. Jesus is no longer here physically. So what does he do? He gives us his spirit. Yes. He indwells us mm-hmm. with his Holy Spirit. He comes and the Bible talks about abiding, and dwelling. Living in, he's a resident of mm-hmm. uh, of us. You say, "Well, John, that's that's sounds kind of crazy. That sounds kind of other world." Well, uh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) It is definitely. And that's why it's supernatural. Yeah, beyond the natural. Exactly right, yeah. Well,
1: and see, and so why did he do that, though, see, John? People don't stop and think, what is the whole point of being a Christian? The best answer they can come up with is go to heaven when you die. Right. And okay, that's nice, too. Most people aren't anxious to even go. <laughs> yeah. but, but even if they were, that would be a good thing. But in the meantime, let's say that uh, I, I get, uh, as I did, I get indwelled by the power of the Spirit when I'm 11. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you how old I am now, but it's several years. <laughs> <laughs> so what about in between those two? What's supposed to happen to a person who becomes a Christian as a teenager or a child and lives to 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever age, what's expected of them, what's supposed to happen in the meantime just go to the local service on the Lord's Day, put a dollar bill in the offering plate, doze, and then go home. Be moral. Surely there's, yeah. <laughs> surely it, it it's more than that,
0: right? Sure. And a lot of people think that Christianity equals morality, mm-hmm. and so it's it's really which uh, they ain't none of. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, yeah, ouch.
1: We won't go yeah, there.
0: Yeah. So yeah, all right. When you start looking at that about um of jesus trans changing us transforming us from the inside out Mm. with his holy spirit that we might experience him and we talked about it in some degree in all of our episodes i think about the evidence of that the fruit of god's spirit what is he producing in us Uh and and so it's that we might uh not just know about him but we might know him and uh, experience be like him yeah be like him experience him mm-hmm. and and through that um that influence it it should is supposed to cause more people to want to want to come to him so they can have him and they can experience him and you just see this multiplication and of course obviously the end result is one day in the consummation of history we we will all be all All true Christians will be in heaven. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that God wants us to be about before then.
1: And what's that old saying, John, you might be the only Jesus that people ever see? Yeah, yeah. And I would paraphrase that. You might be the only expression of the Holy Spirit of God right. that other people might ever see.
0: Yeah, That's yeah. an interesting thought. Yeah, sure it sure is. But see,
1: uh, and Jesus talked about, um, taught something called the kingdom of God on earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people, if you said, hey, where's the kingdom of God say mm-hmm. in heaven? hmm Well, that's true, but there's supposed to be an element. I don't know if it's a foreshadowing or uh, what word it would be, uh, a a prophecy, something, but there's supposed to be a way we can live some of the kingdom of God here uh, on this earth. You know, Paul, doesn't Paul have a scripture about that? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That's right. But is power mm-hmm. and love, right? I've forgotten exactly. Yeah.
0: And then Jesus, of course, in the in, in the, the Holy the, Spirit, the model prayer says, teaches <laughs> us to pray: "May Your kingdom come. Oh, May man. Your will be done on earth mm-hmm. as it is in heaven." Mm-hmm and so clearly it's already it's, being done yeah here. it's supposed to be street level here right <laughs> it's 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 you know if it doesn't ever um come to us and you know what's it all about
1: well you know john think about it a moment uh Uh, I know that uh, to an extent we're dreamers and idealists, but think about for a minute, look at all the crime. Mm. I was watching on TV this morning, uh, how crime is increasing uh, not only all over the world, but all over America. Yes, Weird things are happening. Uh, I saw uh, two people were jerked out of a car and shot and killed on the street. Uh, Just in recent days in one of our major cities, they were in a parade, and somebody just opened the doors, pulled them out, and assassinated them, Mm. and then ran away up an alley, and nobody knows who did it. And that's not an unusual thing now mm-hmm. that's happening with more and more frequency. Well, God's smart enough, you know, he's real smart. <laughs> and he's smart enough to see all that and know all that. So why did he create Christianity to have some people who didn't do those types of things? Imagine if everybody in the country... Mm was indwelled by the Spirit and was letting the Spirit motivate them, Mm. as we said in the last segment, Mm -hmm. 51% or more of their brain, of their mind, of their behavior, what kind of world would we have? That would be the kingdom of God.
0: God. Yeah, that would be an answer to that
1: prayer for sure. Imagine that. And that's what Jesus wanted. And, you know, I love that. We've talked about it uh, in the, in, uh, the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter stands on the rooftop and he tells the crowd in the street what's happening and what they saw. I love it. And he said, when Jesus left earth, I'm paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. and went to heaven, and when he got to heaven, the Father handed him, can you visualize that, Mm -hmm. gave him the Holy Spirit, and he turned around and poured the Spirit out, and the Greek words there are like you're pouring water out of a pitcher. Mm -hmm. He poured the Holy Spirit out on the first people, the first 120 waiting in that house, and Christianity was born. They were the first christians so how is a christian created a christian man woman child whoever it is is created when the holy spirit is poured out into them mm-hmm. you know the greek and on the day of pentecost says the spirit uh settled down in each of them mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. up residence right took up uh, an abide a life in each person. Right. I've known people who, when they prayed to be saved, felt that. Right? Can you imagine? Yeah. I've yeah. known people who saw the power of the Spirit. He looks like a blue mist entering people. Mm-hmm. That is supernatural and yeah. is wonderful. Right. And every living human ought to experience that. Hmm. And then let it pray to <laughs> let it
0: change our lives. Yeah, for sure. And so, like you said a moment ago, imagine. And here's the deal: we, on some level, we can imagine it because <laughs> we have experienced it at different times in our lives. Mm-hmm. We've we've been in a period of time where we got a little taste of what that is like. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've longed for that ever since, and in many ways, and uh, this may open up the proverbial can of worms perhaps, but uh, uh, I'm going to go there anyway, in many ways to the current, what we refer to as institutional Christianity mm-hmm. has hindered, yes. and, and in in many ways it has blocked what we are talking about now, um, and it has left people discouraged and disillusioned, and uh, and, and
1: spiritually starved. Right,
0: spiritually starved, mm-hmm. and and uh, it it's just. Uh, Tragic, tragic. But,
1: and, but see, John, that was Constantine's plan. Sure,
0: right. That's
1: why he did it. Mm-hmm. He was trying at that time – we won't get into the history today, but he was trying to unite the Roman Empire, which at that time was divided into an East and a West Empire. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be um, emperor of the entire empire. Right. So he was consolidating the armies and uh, the legal processes in the courts and everything of those two empires Mm -hmm. and bringing them all under his control. And it struck him that he had to bring all the religions under his control, too. And so over a 25-year period, that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. And so you stop and think about uh, now we're stuck with what he did, and people think this is what we should have, and this is what it is, and let's all go to... to, (laughs) go to Cracker Barrel or Golden Corral or some nice restaurant and enjoy the day and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the tragedy. That's the horror of it. And meanwhile, you know, we've got a child abuse and, spousal abuse right. and affairs and infidelity and all the things that go on. And uh, I hesitate to say, but a lot of the people doing that are professing Christians.
0: Yeah, yeah, un- yeah, for sure, unfortunately. And, you know, you just think about it in just to my simple mind. Um, if If Christianity has been reduced to really – it's meaningless – I mean, it just people don't even, uh, you know, what they've seen, what they've uh, watched. People who profess to be Christians, and and they say, well, goodness, uh, that doesn't really seem to matter to those people at all. I see they've got uh, a Jesus save sign in their front yard, but goodness, they're. They're some of the most miserable people I've ever met, and and they're meanest snakes, and they don't wave, and they, you know, they're they're not part of anything here, and uh, so, but yet they're Christians, and so apparently this whole Christian thing doesn't doesn't make any difference in your life. It doesn't seem relevant. to matter, and so, you know, wow, I'll just. You know, I'll, I'll play golf. Yeah, I'll be like the, the old show Cheers. I'll just go where everybody knows my name and, and, uh, and uh, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Well, you know, John, in
1: one of our, I think, in one of our earlier um, uh, uh, segments, I told the story of my brother who was a pastor and was talking to a man one day that was very uh, disillusioned and stuff and trying to get him to start attending their congregation. And the man said, well, shucks. He said, I can get more love in the nearest bar than I can in this congregation. Sure. And sadly, that was probably true yeah, uh, to yeah. a large extent. But let, let, like you said in the last segment, let's talk a little bit about the solution. solutions. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of right. the things that I have found, and I'm still trying to get this in my mind, one of the secrets to how to make this happen and to have the kingdom of God on earth, mm. as well as you're going to have it later in heaven, but we ain't there yet. So let's focus mm. on earth. And uh, one of the tricks I'm finding is that you must be around like-minded people. Yeah. That's what I have found. You right. need to be around other people who are seeking the deeper walk it's right. called yeah. uh, and who uh, sincerely want supernatural experiences mm-hmm. in their lives. And to my surprise, they're not a whole heap of people uh, that with that mindset. yeah. Uh, why do you think that is?
0: Well, Owen, oh, I think part of it is just a, a awareness or a lack of awareness. Uh, I think they're just obviously there's been so much that we're dealing with today. We have to really unlearn um, mm-hmm. in order to to experience what we're talking about. Um, we've obviously overcomplicated and and made something that's that uh, so simple, really. We've made it extremely difficult, and we've 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 added a lot of trappings to it that, that, that are not supposed to be a part of it, and so on and on it goes. But if we can just make people aware, hey, listen, uh, let's 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 look at this. Let's There's just look, at, yeah. Let's just look at your life, I, you know, and look in my life. We ask ourselves that question and say, well, what does it mean for me to be a Christian, or am I a Christian, or has anything changed in my life, and understanding that the essence of this is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not not one and done, but to indwelled, but then the rest of our life we're seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the manifestation of that is obviously is going to come in in a multitude of ways. We're mm-hmm. going to experience the gifts. We're going to experience the fruit. We've talked about that extensively. Our lives are going to be more Christ-like. We're going to want to live out the Scriptures. We're not going to see them as something to avoid, but something to absorb. And uh, it's just it's going to be it. You know, here, taste and see that the mm-hmm. Lord is good to people. Yeah. You know, don't don't just um experience this. Here, ask him to fill you with yeah. his Holy Spirit and yeah. and He will.
1: Like we said in yeah. the last uh episode, the uh, four mm-hmm. words that I told the man that day, fill me, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the good news. Um I don't know. I was sitting here thinking, how would you express that, the forbidden fruit? That doesn't sound right. Right. But uh, here's what I have found. Anybody who you mentioned uh, the Lord saying, taste and see that I am good. Mm -hmm. Anybody who has experienced even an hour of being Spirit-filled, a, never forgets it, and B, wants it again. Mm-hmm. And that is the good news because uh, people, uh, like you said, that happens in many ways. It it might be the appearance of an angel. It might be a vision. It might be various things that happen, uh, but you're never the same. Right. You're never the same. Right. I've told the story uh, that when uh, I flew home from New York after I'd been spirit-filled the first time, The next day I went to work, and people that knew me didn't recognize me. Mm -hmm. It was that my life was that different just overnight, just in one experience. And that's what it does for people. The second part of it is not only uh, like-mindedness, but as we know, it's also the the secret of it that most people never thought about Mm -hmm. is the small group structure. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll talk a lot more in coming episodes about small groups, what happens in them, how to form them. Uh, but uh, the Spirit uh, doesn't, I don't know exactly why, but seem to move as much in large groups Uh, as he does. And that makes sense when you think about it, Mm -hmm. because the intimacy and all that you want in a Christian experience really happens in small groups. And I meet many Christians who never knew and were never told that originally the first nine or ten generations of Christians met privately in small groups and private homes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't know that. And that was one of the Tricks, one of the techniques, one of the secrets mm-hmm. for why it was successful in the first century, right. and of course we're trying to move back in that direction. Mm. Like minded, spirit filled small groups.
0: Right. So, oh, and I'm I'm sitting here listening and I'm thinking about something uh, uh, that we've referenced before. I believe that when you read in the Book of Acts um, in the New Testament. Uh, the day of Pentecost that we talk a lot about when the Holy Spirit came and and birthed, we, we say Glory. Uh, what the essence of Christianity and the outpouring of his Holy Spirit as Peter and the guys took that and started moving around the countryside, they would run into people and say, Hey, Hey, hey! what about you? You know, what about the Holy Spirit? Have you been filled? Have you been indwelled with the Holy Spirit and People would look at him and go, "Well, we don't even we don't even know what you're talking about. What what Holy Spirit? What?" And um, he said, "Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit?" And they said, "Well, no, 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 no." Well, he said, "Whose baptism have you experienced?" And he said, "Well, we experienced uh, the baptism that John was talking about, which is a baptism of repentance, which means and water, right? In water, <laughs> and." Um, you mean there's something else? Whoa! <laughs> and they said, well, yeah, yeah, this is this is now the fulfillment of all of the mm-hmm. prophecy and what Jesus told us, and then they would pray, lay hands on them, yes, and they would glory. pray, and they would be filled with the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit and gifts and fruit, et cetera, and all would be manifest. And so I really think one of the things that we're striving for here is I feel like that so many people today – um, they have been sincere, and they've had a, a baptism of water, yeah. a baptism of repentance.
1: A lot of times, babies or children. Correct,
0: yeah. But um, in terms of what we're talking about, which is the essence of Christianity, of being indwelled and then filled – with the Holy Spirit they know not of. Mm. And so we we are seeking that more and more in our life. Yes. It it, it, it kind of defines us and, and what we're seeking, but we want you, our listeners, uh-huh. and we just want to see this multiplied and... Uh, We're pouring ourselves into whether it's writing, whether it's podcasts, whether it's retreats, whether any and everywhere we can get somebody to listen. Every tool, yeah. We're trying to utilize those to say, hey, 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 listen! Don't throw the proverbial baby out with the (laughs) bathwater here. Uh, The you know, let's talk about what first-century Christianity is, and we want you to experience it.
1: And you know, John one one closing point on this that I think is so important uh like you said earlier that we made it complicated mm. actually when you think about it being a spirit filled christian uh, a deeper walking christian uh you know paul said walk in the spirit and that word walk in the greek can be translated behave in the spirit mm-hmm. And one way that happens, it has to be, we said this earlier, it has to be easy and simple and obvious Mm -hmm. or it wouldn't work. Think about that a minute. And so we've complicated it today. You've got to have classes. You've got to join a certain group. You've got to do certain things, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. And here's one proof that I love to think about. You mentioned earlier the day of Pentecost. After Peter stood on the rooftop and spoke to the crowd in the streets, mm-hmm. they were pilgrims. They were there to, to worship, but they didn't know anything about the Christian experience or indwelling because it happened that morning. So Peter told them mm-hmm. what was happening, and it says they were cut to the heart. Mm-hmm. And they looked at him and said, but brother, what should we do? <laughs> yeah, And he told them, he said, just repent right. and be filled with the Spirit, yes. be baptized in the Spirit. And instantly 3,000 of them right. were. Right. And that's wonderful, and that's a great story. But here's the punchline. The day of Pentecost was a one-day festival. Mm-hmm. One day, it ended at a sunset that night. So the next morning, those 3,000 people left town. And where did they go? It said they were from every known country. Mm-hmm. So the 3,000 people spread on ships and camels and whatever and walking, and they went back to their home nations, and look what God had done. Mm. And one day, he had created a worldwide spiritual movement. Yeah. But it gets even better. Cause Check this out. How much experience did those 3,000 pilgrims have? One day. All right. And they got on their camels, and they got on their ships, and they went home, and what did they do? All right. They spread that experience to their families, their neighbors, their cities. And so when Paul went to Rome in 60 A.D., he had never been there before. Remember, the day of Pentecost was in 30 A.D. Mm-hmm. This is 30 years later. Paul goes to Rome. What did he find? A thriving Christian community there, mm-hmm. thousands of Christians. Where'd they come from? Right. They came from somebody that had been present on Pentecost morning, who took a ship home and started spiritual uh, spirituality, Christianity mm-hmm. in the city of rome right what i'm saying is it's easy we don't have to study think worry and struggle right just ask for it won't yeah, it seek it seeking, ask for yeah. it and it instantly happens
0: right praise the god for mm. that yes well we could talk Amen. about this till the sun sets I'd like to. yeah <laughs> we uh, absolutely we could but uh as as you say so often, I think the big clock on the wall <laughs> is telling us that our time is up. And uh, would you agree, Owen? This may be one of the most important episodes we've done. I
1: do. I think so. Uh, it's. I hope and pray that something we've said has touched a listener somewhere mm. and they realize probably through revelation of the spirit mm-hmm. in their mind of uh, what we're talking about but you're right john and uh, uh, we want our friends to remember that this is episode 16 that there is a script and a recording of it on the, our podcast mm-hmm. at uh, go com, and so uh I, you know what, John? I I hate to sign this one off. Mm-hmm. There's so much I want to say, and and maybe we can say some of it in later episodes. Yeah, but, yeah. but for now, this is Owen Allen,
0: and this is John Shields, and speaking, and for Shannon Wolf, our producer, and for all three of us saying. May the God of our fathers
1: bless you and keep you and guide you and protect you until we meet again.